they see like the press or they, you know, they hear these big raise announcements. It looks glamorous. It looks so glamorous, but it's but not. <laughs> not. And you know your business more than anyone else. And I think you can also get caught up in the hype. So keep yourself really honest, right? Like, and I, I think that's really important because the more you're, you're, you raise and the more you're out there, you know, there's a real strategy to keeping yourself organized, but you can really get caught up in the hype of it. I think it's really important to keep like a close knit circle around you that can like keep you on the ground. After 14 years working in tech startups like Guilt Group and Spa Finder, Simone Tate founded Poppy Seed Health, a company that is transforming the way we care for pregnant and postpartum people with 24-7 on-demand access to doulas, midwives, and nurses. Simone experienced the gaps in emotional and mental support in maternal health care while navigating her own path to parenthood after suffering multiple miscarriages with and without health insurance. She identified a better way forward. Coming up, Simone shares how she was bit by the building bug early on in her career, the pivotal pregnancy loss journey that sparked the idea for Poppy Seed Health how Poppy Seed Health solidified its welcoming name and branding. Simone explains the differences between doulas, midwives, and nurses. And finally, Simone's best fundraising tips and tricks that have helped Poppy Seed Health along the way. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Simone, we are so excited to finally sit down with you and share your incredible entrepreneurista journey and story. We were introduced several months ago. And when I found out about the platform that you're building to help women, it really hit home for me because of my personal experience and everything that, that we went through during our infertility journey and then complicated pregnancy journey. And I said, oh my gosh, I wish I had this platform when, when we were going through everything. So thank you so much for being here. And we are so excited to have this conversation with you. I think I'm more excited than you are because <laughs> when we connected a few months ago um, and I knew about your podcast, I was secretly hoping that you would invite me on as a guest. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I feel like I've been prepping to have this conversation with you. So thanks for having me. I love that you manifest things, right? Think about totally. them, them into the universe and, and then they, they occur. Courtney and I talk about that all the time, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. All the time. I would love if you could start with a little bit about your background, because you worked in the tech industry before you started your own business. Did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneurista and have your own business? Oh, absolutely not. Do you get that answer a lot? Because <laughs> I will tell you that uh, I actually made the leap from Fortune 500 in the very, very beginning of my career, which I always describe as character building years in retail to my very first startup, which was a wellness startup called Spa Finder at the time. And I 
really got bit by, I guess, the building bug is how I like to describe it when I was at Spa Finder because I went, came from a very traditional, very square, you know, retailer to being able to build something every single day and, and see my contributions to the business. Um, I also went from being at the lowest point of the totem pole in retail, which in my opinion is where you learn the most, right? Nobody really understands, but buying is a collection of very sophisticated Excel spreadsheets, <laughs> um, not making Wall Street money, but I definitely could have been. And it wasn't very nurturing to going to a startup where, you know, my ideas and my vision and the enthusiasm and execution with knowing that you had a 50, 50% chance of like failing or learning or doing something well. I just really got bit by, by the building bug when I went to, when I went to Spa Finder and I don't think I ever looked back, but I, I think for sure what I saw were two big things. One, that technology could be used for not just innovation, but to serve people in a way that created more accessibility and inclusivity. At the time, it was also about exclusivity, which so much of technology and what I've done since, since that time, I think has been a blend of all of those things. But I will also say that I was very comfortable building other people's companies. I was very comfortable being okay with being autonomous with my piece of the business and, you know, leading my team once I got to leadership roles and managing other people and having my own PL and my own quotas. But I was always happy to be in those like very first days of building without any thought that I want to do this for myself. The financial responsibility. <laughs> exactly. It, that's exactly right. I think the financial responsibility and my background being in sales and in tech sales and in the first like zero to 20 million is really my jam. But it, it's a very different thing now that, you know, I understand for myself as the founder and CEO of Poppy Seed Health, that what keeps me up at night is not me meeting a sales deadline or a quota. <laughs> it's the entire thing versus how I used to think about this, which um, was certainly not the entire burden of a company, right? When did you decide to start Poppy Seed Health and why did you decide to start it? Yeah. So I'll tell you, we, we were actually in beta for about a year before we wrote one line of code. But before I get there, let me share a little bit of my personal story because it is actually my own lived experiences. That's the foundation for Poppy Seed Health. In 2016, I had my first of what would become multiple pregnancy losses on a very complicated journey and still is to parenthood. Um, I know Stephanie and I have some of these things in common, and it's actually way more common that, than people think. One in four people will experience a pregnancy loss in their reproductive years, uh, when in eight people will also experience, which is um, really sad, infant loss, stillbirth, or something along those lines in terms of infant mor mortality, morbidity. And so we just don't talk about these things. And for, for me personally, I went into my doctor's office pregnant. I was early in my first trimester. It was my second sonogram. We couldn't find a heartbeat. 
And although my OBGYN at the time, I'm sure had experienced this countless times, for me, it was my first time. And instead of receiving the kind of care and comfort that I thought I would receive in those moments, instead, I got this one liner that has always stuck with me, which is your body terminated the pregnancy which is really tough to hear because immediately my, my brain said, well, what's wrong with my body, right? And then the second thing was she said, but it's fine, it's normal, it happens all the time. I'll see you in a few months when you start trying again and she left the room. And so I left that very short interaction, just completely devastated, deeply emotional, and also starting to ask these questions to myself. Do I go into the office? Do I not go into the office? wait a minute, everything that I've ever seen on TV isn't actually happening to my body, which is a whole nother thing, which is I did have a missed miscarriage, which does happen. But even with that, with that, I had like no idea what to expect. And so I took to the internet, like 85% of everyone in the US who's looking for healthcare answers. And very coincidentally, I found exactly what I was looking for, which were two things, very simple blood, a blood test to show my HCG levels, which is the pregnancy hormone dropping. I was actually in a bit of denial. And I now know that your body and your brain don't catch up at the same time when you do go through a loss. So you still have the pregnancy symptoms and the hormones and a blood test would show that these hormonal drops were happening and that I was no longer pregnant. The second thing was a simple sonogram just to show that I could have healthy subsequent pregnancies. And neither of those things were offered to me. So I picked up the phone. I called my own care plan back into my doctor's office. And instead of feeling relief, I was enraged. I was really upset. I had been taught all my life. I think like most of us that you have great health insurance, you have great access to care. And those things just weren't lining up for me in those moments. And although I had my medical side all sorted out now, I was not feeling good. And, you know, feeling, feeling bad or wanting to feel better is such a human experience. And so I went for the rest of the day, trying to figure out how to feel better. It was that evening that I, I happened to stumble onto a doula board. And I didn't even know what a doula was at the time, but I can tell you that for the first time all day, I felt seen, I felt heard. I didn't feel so isolated. I started to feel better. And that was like a very physical feeling. Like I could feel it radiating from the inside out for me. It was such a powerful experience, digital experience for me. I sat back on my couch. And, you know, at that point I was 14 years into building early stage tech startups, building products primarily for women identifying people to make our lives more convenient, right? Groceries to our front door, childcare, our wealth, our health, our blowouts in our, in our bathroom, our wardrobes to the front door. And I said, oh my goodness, this, I shouldn't have spent the last 12 hours looking for this kind of emotional solvency when technology could really, they really could have solved this for me. I could have gone somewhere for this emotional and well-being and mental health support that just doesn't exist. And so that's really the origin story for Poppy Seed Health. I immediately made the decision that evening, uh, two things, one, to become a doula myself, which I am, which put me boots on the ground actually in 2019 to really pressure test this idea that I had for poppy seed health, which didn't have a name, of course. And then the idea for poppy seed health, which is, I believe that people should have instantaneous support, emotional well-being and mental health support 
really within seconds in the moments that we need it the most. And it's fully collaborative to your medical or provider care. But these are the things you're not picking up the phone and calling your doctor about every 10 minutes. What do I eat? I'm super nauseous. I don't feel well. I hate my husband. I'm really anxious. You know, all these questions and these things that happen between appointments are just happening in your own journey. We're like your best friends you can turn to. And so we built the technology to do that. And we built the app to make sure that's possible for every birthing person. Well, first of all, it is so inspiring to hear how you were able to turn what was probably the the hardest thing you've ever been through in your life into a solution to help so many people going forward. I think, you know, we talked to so many entrepreneurs, of course, on the podcast and through our community. And I feel like it's just a reoccurring theme we hear as women, like we solve problems that are happening to us and then try to help others. And you building this on such a large scale to help millions and millions of, of people is truly incredible. And I know we know what an undertaking it is to build a technology platform and especially one in the, that intersects the healthcare and mental health space. It is definitely not easy. So we have a lot of questions about how you actually made this all happen. (laughs) Oh, please. I mean, I, yes, it is not easy, but I am definitely an open book. So please give me all the questions. Just help me with them. (laughs) I want to know, how did you come up with the name Poppy Seed Health? Oh, (laughs) Courtney. So I love your, I love your questions because they're all branding related. And that's actually one of my favorite parts of Poppy Seed Health, to be honest, especially for all the entrepreneurs listening out there. It is the first part of the company that I tackled um, because I thought it was very important for people to feel warm and invited and trust within seconds, right? We make these judgment calls It's human nature when we meet someone physically, within 10 seconds, we make this judgment call. Do I feel safe? Can I trust this person? And in the digital space, it's even less. It's about two to three seconds. So it's very quick. Where Poppy came from just was really in those moments when I was sitting on my couch after finding this doula board and realizing that there is a wide and vast garden to be planting, right? So if you just use poppy, which is the flower, poppy is a wild flower. And the way that they grow is that their spores are blown, which is why you see fields of poppies. They're blown to wherever the wind takes them and they plant and they grow. Um, But they're also really they're very strong, but also delicate and fragile flowers. And I think it's, you know, this the beautiful vision um, of what a poppy really is. But poppy seed very specifically is the size of the first stage of an embryo. And like the bagel, <laughs> if you look at a poppy seed on a bagel, it's really, really tiny. And we wanted very much for people to know that you can be with poppy seed health from the very beginning of your pregnancy and no matter what the outcome is. So that's very deliberate. We take a bold stance in how we, how we entered the market, which is supporting people who are pregnant, who are postpartum and people who have experienced loss. 
And that's on demand. When I say on demand, I mean publicly, we say within 90 seconds. Our current latency is actually nine and a half seconds. So if you can imagine in 10 seconds or less being able to support someone from their poppy seed stage, and if they happen to experience a loss, they don't have to go anywhere. You go from, you know, the poppy seed stage to, you know, your watermelon stage or whatever it is at that last trimester, which by the way, we learned early on, everyone loves our name. You have to smile when you say it, which I think is like a really good branding that. trick. <laughs> and in addition to that, no one cares about the size of their growing baby. <laughs> like, like we realize that those things are like kind of interesting to people, but they would prefer to know if they can like eat sushi or not. Right. Like, so we love the name. I love the name and I did come up with the name. So as a, a not strong branding person, it was one of the most excruciating, like 30 days right? I would get up. I get a lot of thinking done in the shower. I'm a big hydrotherapy person. I'm a morning person, super early in the morning person. It's when I'm the most activated. And I was just writing down so many names. Um, I can tell you poppy seed health was very close to being star belly. And I couldn't smile when I said star belly and it put way too much focus on the bump instead of the whole person, but like a second winner. And so, yeah, when I came up with poppy seed health, I was shocked that we could trademark it. Like that was also a big part of it, but I came up with it myself. I love it. And great business tip you just shared there, making sure the name and the brand that you come up with it has a trademark available because the last thing you want to do is go down the road, spending all the time branding, doing everything with your name domain and find out that someone else has that trademark. And it, it costs more than you probably want to spend in the beginning, but it's totally worth it. And the other thing I will say, just to add on to that business tip is figure out if the name is trademarked. And even if the name is out there, it could be trademarked in a completely different category that has nothing to do with the company that you're building. So don't get scared away from that. Be more even concerned with being able to get the domain name. <laughs> and so we bought Poppy Seed Health. I think I own literally every single domain that we possibly can. And that was really important in the beginning. I was taking a look at your website and I just love the branding. As someone who's not your target demographic, I was just looking at everything just from like a branding marketing perspective. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. And I want to learn more. And I'm not even the person you're trying to reach. <laughs> well, you know, we, we said, especially for One Text Away, that very first campaign, like, of course, every company from a branding perspective, one, you know, we want to be supporting people. But the other side of this is that, I always say the, the biggest obstacle that we have is for people themselves, women to feel worthy enough to take the first step of even pushing that request chat button, right? And so for that to happen, we have invested a lot in, in making sure that those obstacles feel less high and that Poppy is more relatable for you. So when you think about like the thumb stopping moment, 
you know, discharge is a thumb stopping moment because it's not something that most people talk about, but you will have discharge within and throughout your pregnancy that no one really talks about, you know, wearing a panty liner or a full on pad because of the amount of discharge, but it can also be really concerning, especially getting into your third trimester. So like that discharge scene, we also, of course, got all of our ads disapproved on every platform. So we definitely added it into our, into our one text away campaign in that like short minute video, you know, pumping and producing milk and lactation concerns and feeding frustrations. That's another really big thing. And I, and I have to tell you that the person that we were put in touch with through a friend of a friend who did that, she was, you know, deeply vulnerable and She's also a larger sized woman on our website. And you would be shocked to know the kind of um, responses, mainly positive, but also some like really disgusting responses. I think people come in all sizes and shapes and ethnicities, right? And so we thought we didn't even think twice about it. Then the poopy diaper, everybody knows that like those explosions that happen. Oh my gosh anywhere, anytime, you know, usually not in the comfort of your own home. You'll be lucky if that actually happens. But every single mom, I think has been there. Every dad has been there. Every parent has been there with a, with a newborn who just explodes everywhere. You're just like frustrated and also hoping that you have a change of clothes and just kind of working through. So these are really relatable you know, things that we thought people would stop, take a moment and pay attention to because there's a high likelihood they've experienced these things too. Next up, you'll hear Simone's top fundraising tips. Simone, I realized as we were just chatting before that some of our listeners might not know, you know, what is a doula? Can you explain what that means? And what exactly does Poppy Seed Health offer? Like who are the people that are signing up on your platform using your texting service? Can you go into more details there? Yeah, sure. Well, let me get straight to this answer on what a doula is because we do a lot of surveys and we know that people don't know what a doula is. Even though doulas are trending, we're starting to hear a lot more about doulas and how amazing doulas are for health outcomes. So the very first thing is that doulas are the birth and postpartum best friend that you never knew you needed. And I want you to kind of think about your best friend, but without bias, right? So the way that I like to explain doulas in particular is that they are your partner in your most vulnerable and intimate times. And truly throughout your pregnancy and your postpartum, which is what most doulas are, but they're also full spectrum doulas. I'm, I'm a full spectrum doula, for example, which means I'm a doula that can support you through abortions and pregnancy and postpartum. So wherever you are on your, on your own reproductive health journey, we do not provide medical support. And that's really important. That's probably the biggest distinguishing factor. Doulas are your emotional and well-being best friend. So not only are we in service of the birthing person and, and, and the woman who is carrying, but we are also able to give you tips and tricks. So for example, one of the top five 
categories and questions that we get on poppy seed health are actually hemorrhoid related. Can I talk about hemorrhoids here? Talk about hemorrhoids. Okay. <laughs> I am convinced that poppy will have an offshoot that is just about hemorrhoid yeah. care. Um, <laughs> my, my friend who just had a baby was just texting me. She's dealing with hemorrhoids. It's yep. Totally. And so hemorrhoids are things that no one talks about during pregnancy. And there's a high likelihood that you will get hemorrhoids and you're going to get hemorrhoids because of the pressure that's happening with the baby pushing down on all the things down under for you, right? But more than anything, hemorrhoids also occur during your third trimester and while you're actually birthing the baby and after birth. And so it's something that we're so ashamed of. And like, there's a lot of stigma around hemorrhoids, even though in near all pregnancies, hemorrhoids are going to happen. So when you get them, you don't necessarily want at, you know, your third trimester, you know, month away from your expected due date, you're probably not feeling the sexiest already. You're probably so ready to meet your little, your little, uh, your little baby and your little human. And you probably, you know, are looking for relief joint pain relief and sleep relief and all these kinds of reliefs. And then boom, you also get hemorrhoids, right? So we get a lot of hemorrhoid questions and they're usually related to shame and stigma, but mostly related to just relief. And the number one like keyword stroke there for folks is, do I need to go to the emergency room? And this is really important because a doula will not only be able to meet you, we see and support you exactly where you are, right, with Poppy. But the second thing that we're going to do is tell you to sit in a sits bath. We're going to tell you what a sits bath is, how to prepare one for yourself, of how to take care of yourself and your hemorrhoids, how to feel better and how to get this instantaneous relief. And then what that looks like on the other side, if you really need to go see a provider or get yourself some medical attention. Nine times out of 10, if you were to end up going to your doctor or the ER, that's what they would tell you anyway, right? And so doulas are not giving medical advice, but they are, and we are in surface of the person. And, and by the way, the partner as well. So another really nice effect of having a doula is that usually your partner will say, oh my gosh, I could never do this without a doula. I like to describe it as a team right? And, you know, the person who's having the baby is like the captain of the team and the rest of us are supporting, but the best way that we can do what we can do is like go in and out as players to make sure that there's this holistic support. And then a midwife is a clinical professional is a provider can actually birth the baby. And I think there's one thing I would love to demystify here. And that is that 96% of births in the U S are in hospitals. And so most people hear midwife and they think home birth only, and that is just simply not true, but midwifery care is more holistic, right? And it really does focus on the woman and her journey and her birthing experience and really low intervention. And so you're seeing a lot of companies pop up now with this midwifery model, which is why it's so important for us to have them at Poppy. And then of course we, we have our nurses. And the thing is, is that most people think nurses just feed you ice chips, but actually your nurse is your, is truly that emotional advocate and also your 
provider advocate when you're in, when you're giving birth, especially in the hospital. So they work very closely with your OBGYNs and they're usually the person that is, yes, providing you with ice chips, but also making you really comfortable understanding what's happening while you're going through your birthing process. And so we have all three at Poppy, doulas, midwives, and nurses. And when you request a chat with us, you're going to get one of those three profiles of people who can uh, support you instantaneously. And is everything digital through the platform, through text message, or are you able to get on a phone call with the, with your advocate? So we do everything through texting. Um, we have tried everything else. So this is why, you know, we thought from a business perspective, um, and especially in, in my vision, I wanted to get as close to the customer as possible, as soon as possible before writing one line of code, which is really expensive uh, once you get there. So you better know what you're building. I'm also not the kind of founder that thinks that my ideas are all the best ideas. And so I don't want to build the thing and expect people to show up for it. I want to test. And we do a lot of testing. We're super agile, which means that for us, we're shipping every two weeks or so. Um, we do a lot of surveys. We do a ton of very like small data point, behavior point learnings consistently, right? And so we are product first and feedback first. And so spending a year in beta, what that meant for us, it was super scrappy. We did it on WhatsApp. We started charging from day one, by the way, because I think it is important to understand if people actually pay for your product before you build it. We found 10 of my friends that happened to be pregnant at the time across the country and we connected them with a mixed bag. So doulas, midwives, and nurses, two to three advocates that were able to support them at any time. Our promise at the time was within five minutes, one of us will respond to you or all of us. And our conversations were about five to seven minutes long. So this was again on WhatsApp in our beta at the end of the first 30 days. Now remember WhatsApp has video, phone, and text. And that's exactly what we offered. And I, I really wanted people to break and pressure test my idea, right? Like I was looking for um, not a fail safe, safe, I was looking for failures, right? I wanted, I wanted people to break my thing so that, you know, I could figure out if, if it really made sense. The very first person that I found for Poppy was a really strong product lead. And at the time, her name is Janet. She's amazing. Her twins were seven weeks old and she was introduced to me by a friend. And she was like, I would never do this seven weeks with seven week old twins after the kind of high risk pregnancy that she had, but she wished she had something like Poppy. And so I think like this, this beta testing with Janet's perspective and insights really pushed me in a way that I wouldn't have gone. And that is because no one used phone and because no one used video, although they could on demand, because no one used it, but we were pushing through hundreds of text messages per person. We realized what I, what I now call expert anonymity, that we had tapped into this kind of communication, which behaviorally we're all used to, but there's a layer there when it comes to pregnancy, postpartum loss. And that is that you don't want to look me in the eye when you want to talk about your hemorrhoids, right? You, you actually don't need video support. Texting is so convenient and so quick for people. And we support people across the entire spectrum. So I will say that that year in beta testing, we went from a few hundred text messages 
to then supporting a few hundred people, then to supporting just just under a thousand people by the time that I actually went out and raised my first round of capital. And that was all organic. That was all friends telling friends. That was all texting. And we continued to try and break that, but obviously didn't work. And it is our most successful flagship product today. What is the exact business model? I see on your site, it's $29 a month to be a member. Are there any other packages that you offer as well? Yeah. So when we brought this to market, so we launched the app April, 2021. So we're almost to our first year, to our first birthday. But when we launched, we had been testing what the threshold was for a direct-to-consumer product, right? Which again, at the time, you couldn't have convinced me that I was building a direct-to-consumer product. They're expensive, they're challenging, they're at the whimsy of the customer. But with, with my background in tech, I wasn't intimidated by that, but I did know some of these sand traps early on, right? So one of those is that pricing can be like spaghetti against the wall um, in the early days. So what will people actually pay for this? What's really interesting is that we, in beta, we were actually charging more on a monthly basis for a free platform, right? Well, WhatsApp is free. So it was really interesting to see that dynamic, but we did go to market with a slightly different product offering. And when we looked at the landscape, especially in emotional and mental health support in the direct-to-consumer landscape, what we saw was nothing that was only for pregnant postpartum and people who have experienced loss. Like that was not happening for women in a way that made like real sense and really targeted and focused on those needs. And so we went with a $29 price point. So that is the current model. You get unlimited access to Poppy Seed Health, all of our advocates. You can have 20 chats a day, we don't care, or two chats a week, it doesn't matter, but you are getting that unlimited access. You're also getting access to our evidence-based library. I should also say for our evidence-based library, we, we think it's really important that we don't gate content that people are looking for. So you can download the app for free and get into that evidence-based library and then choose to have a monthly membership. And that's your, that's the paid product and that a completely different experience. But what happened within the first three weeks or so after we launched is that that $29 product, which we built from a year's worth of data where chat times were about seven minutes long on average, our conversations were running more than an hour long per person. And so it totally broke those models. This is a good thing to have. And, and actually we're still dealing with this today, almost a year later. So we had to rebuild those models and it gave us an opportunity to actually look at deeper data, right? So 37 minutes long. On average, that's how long someone is spending in a conversation with one of our advocates, whether they're a new member or an existing member. That's incredible. I want you to think about texting for about 37 minutes. Psychologically, 
I bet you're saying, no way, I don't text for that long, but actually the time goes by so fast. And before you know it, right, someone has come to you with one question, you know, around about round ligament pain while their belly is growing into their second trimester. And then by the time you get to the end of that 37 minute long conversation, there's now three to four different topics that that same advocate has been able to support that person with. And so anyway, when we went through the exercise of just going back to stage zero and looking at our business model, it gave us an opportunity to introduce a $5 chat. So that $5 chat is up to 30 minutes, right? And it also lowers the threshold quite a bit, especially for direct-to-consumer, for people to try something without making a month commitment and also to try something that is behaviorally different than anything else that they have. And that was really significant for us. And the third thing, which is really important, is that before I hired one person at Poppy Seed Health and because of my own experience, so my loss in 2016, I had really great healthcare commercial insurance. My second loss, I had no health insurance. I was actually getting all of my care at Planned Parenthood and I was in the Medicaid market with my care. And so I saw firsthand the differences, right, between commercial health insurance and having access to great, you know, providers and insurance and then having nothing at all. And it was really important, and especially my doula work thereafter, in supporting people across a full spectrum to really understand what was happening on the Medicaid side and in underserved populations and with social detriments. And so I built into our model, into the very DNA of Poppy Seed Health, that we would be able to support people on Medicaid. And so we take $2 from every $29 membership, and that's how we support people on Medicaid on a monthly basis. By the way, when you use the app, we have this like beautiful, easy onboarding where we ask a couple of trust questions, but not too many that people won't tell us. Well, one of those questions is, do you have health insurance and are you on Medicaid? And that's how we know when folks are on Medicaid. And we tell them up front that you could get subsidized or a free membership to Poppy because accessibility is so, so important in healthcare today. And if we can show up and absorb that cost, which we currently do today, we will. So 30% of everyone that comes to Poppy Seed Health today are on Medicaid. And that bold stance we take is if you can afford $29 a month, that means we're doing the equity work for you. You don't have to worry about it. And by the way, this is not novel. Think about Warby Parker or Tom's or North Face, right? This is, these are multi-billion dollar companies and it's built into their business model. We're just doing it for maternal health care. No, that, that's really incredible. And what I want to hear about is the process of fundraising and being able to take this idea that you had and turn it into a reality because, you know, starting out on WhatsApp as a beta test is amazing, but to scale this out and to scale out a tech company, many times founders need to raise money. And especially with the fundraising process and it being a very male dominated space. And I think we're all doing what we can to change that right now. You know, when you go out and pitch VCs and you're pitching, you know, many a times to some of these male investors who might not really understand this problem that you're sharing, what was your experience like fundraising? And 
it, you clearly were able to raise money and, and build this business. Can you share some, some tips? Yeah. Um, so look, I'll give three tips and some illustrations around that. The, the first one is, yes, this is a very male gendered, male dominated landscape when it comes to investors, period. Like it doesn't matter what level, if you're, you know, going out for your first round of capital as we did, um, when we launched Poppy Seed Health to the much further series A's, B's, C's, and onward, you know, you hear this from other women founders, and it was true for me as well that so many of those male VCs would say, "Let me ask my wife," <laughs> even though, by the way, they had children together. <laughs> that insight, I will say, did help me refine my pitch when I knew who was coming to the table to hear the pitch and who was taking the call, right? Because I, I could then use the team sport analogy and they were like, oh yeah, right? Like they really got it or something that's really gendered. But that did, that did actually help because at least I knew that that was coming and I had enough experience and saw the pattern and behavior to illustrate other things. But the, let me ask my wife or especially with loss. I think that because I'm so open about my story, I realized that so, so many of the VCs that I was talking to, they had also experienced loss, but not as the person who was carrying, right? As the partner. Um, and those that that insight actually is a whole different product for us that we're working on because partners have their own emotional needs as well. But anyway, so that's, that's the first thing, you know, getting male VCs are going to want a reference point that looks like you, if you're a woman, and if that's how you identify, they find that to be a strong reference point for them. So definitely happened to me. But the second thing is that I was very intentional about my cap table. And it, this is actually quite a passion point for me. So I'm, I'm going to try and contain it a little bit. And that is because this is not my first time at the rodeo, but I am a first time founder. There's this Delta, right? So people think like, oh, you're a founder. So you know everything and you know, all the terms and you know, what taking on debt means, and you know, what returns mean, and you know, your percentage of ownership. And the truth is you don't, most people really don't. And I certainly didn't either. And so I made this decision based on past experiences that I, I mentioned that I had, I was always fine building other people's companies. Well, they were always really small teams. So at least I got some insight. And the one thing that I saw over and over again was that when founders had terrible VCs that they didn't like, that they couldn't get along with, but they took their money anyway, because sometimes that's just what happens. It was miserable, not just for them, but for everyone. And the success rate was, was much, much lower versus having investors, especially early stage that can help you get from zero, because that's really where you're starting, right? Zero to 0 0.5 and then to one. So that zero to one is really critical for early stage companies. The VC makeup that I saw or the investor makeup that I saw that were successful were operators. So that's the second point. I made a decision early on that I wanted primarily operators on our cap table for our first capital in. And my mindset was that I didn't even know that I needed a lead. So, so that I think actually saved me a ton of my own time, which is your most valuable asset. 
I thought that your first round in was always supposed to be friends and family. And so I didn't even put it together. And what happened is that I always say those like five and $10,000 checks work really hard for you. And especially if they're operators, because they understand the zero to one. And so I went out, I raised my round without a lead. And then my lead came to me in all the best ways. And just a little anecdote there, just so you know, I had an investor who came in as an angel investor with her mother because her mom said I, she, it was, we're the only investment her mom has ever made in her life. And she just said, I wish I had something like poppy seed health, you know, when she had her kids. And so they came in mother daughter duo on my cap table, which I love. Well, that investor ended up starting a firm uh, herself with a couple of partners. And so she was tracking the business. She knew exactly what was happening with the business. And it was that firm that turned out to be my lead and that's 776. And so I think my third big thing is when it comes to choosing who's on your cap table, if you can make sure that they're mirroring the people that you are supporting or whoever your customer is. And for Poppy Seed Health, our customer is both the member, but also our advocates, right? And so again, if you can afford a $29 price point, which, you know, we want to get to every single woman, every single family, every single person that needs, that we believe needs Poppy Seed Health, but we also have a large BIPOC community. We have a really big queer community. And so when they're coming to Poppy Seed Health, it's really important that you're getting advocates that also are able to support you with their own lived experiences. And our investors look exactly like that too. So we have 90% of our cap table are women identifying people, 50% BIPOC, 30% queer led by a you know phenomenal for our last round anyway a phenomenal lead but it's not easy and i like I, that is probably the last bonus tip that i'll say it's not easy so make sure you have a team or people around you that understand that the outcome may not always be you getting a check or raising the funds and it can be a little bit of an out-of-body experience, but um, I have found that everyone's in your corner. They see like the press or they, you know, they hear these big raise announcements. It looks glamorous. It looks so glamorous. But it's but not. <laughs> not. And you know your business more than anyone else. And I think you can also get caught up in the hype. So keep yourself really honest, right? Like, and I, I think that's really important because the more you're, you're, you raise and the more you're out there, you know, there's a real strategy to keeping yourself organized, but you can really get caught up in the hype of it. I think it's really important to keep like a close knit circle around you that can like keep you on the ground. Coming up, learn why Simone values vulnerability and empathy when building a product. All right, Simone, this is one of our favorite sections or segments of our podcast. We're going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. So the first word or words that come to your mind, are you ready? Sure. All right. Describe yourself in three words. Empathetic, passionate, and super strategic. Where is your happy place? Uh, currently, my happy place is in Sag Harbor. 
I guess I can only do one word, right? Yeah, that's it. You're done. We'll talk about Sac Harbor later. (laughs) (laughs) Besides Poppy Seed Health, of course, what is your favorite app on your phone? So I've been using this app for quite a while. It's Alyssa Vitti's flow tracker app with my own infertility stuff. So Mm -hmm. every single day I'm in it. All right. We will link out to that app in the show notes too. So everyone can check that out. Awesome. What's your fave business tool that has helped you? My favorite business tool is a CRM. It could be a janky one that you create. I just think it's very important to see all of the gaps in your business, whatever the CRM is, but my favorite. Which CRM do you use? Do you have one that you like? We are not there yet with Poppy, right? So I can't, the CRM that I usually love, and by the way, that heart space, this primary business model was we built CRMs out of the box, but it was Salesforce. Salesforce, yeah. We yeah. used, I remember we used that back at Spa Finder and Jet Setup. That's right. That's, right. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. Coffee or tea? Tea, matcha specifically. What is your hidden talent? Um, <laughs> Oh, we're, we're asking the hard-hitting questions here. E-rated or R-rated? I mean, yeah, yeah give, give, a, give, give us whatever comes to mind. <laughs> I'll give you a doula hidden talent. And that is, I am able, I'm very good at finding a very specific pressure point in my client's hands that when they're having the most intense waves and contractions completely basically puts them into Zen mode. Wow. That is a very yeah. good talent that I bet only <laughs> a few people have. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Back to our regular questions. Uh, we could, I was saying this before, I, I wish this was a two plus hour interview because there's so <laughs> much to talk okay. about. And for our listeners, we will definitely do a live on Instagram or LinkedIn when, when the episode comes out so we can continue the conversation. Okay. Final question for you. What does being an entrepreneur mean to you? Um, being an entrepreneur to me means that I'm being my most vulnerable self every day, especially when building a company that's so near and dear and close to my heart and also selfishly building a solution that is for me, right? And, you know, I am vulnerable with not just my story, but also like my past story, the, found, the, the origin story of Poppy, but also where I am today. You know, I am six years now into a really complicated journey to parenthood. And it wasn't even until last year that you could get me to say the words that I'm having fertility challenges, right? And so being an entrepreneur to me is that you are, you're vulnerable in all the ways that people tell you not to be. Uh, They tell you to be, you know, this culture of being guarded and not being collaborative and not asking for help and not focusing on culture for your team first and what that means, not setting your own pace. I think I'm just going against the grain for each and every one of those categories, but it all comes down to vulnerability and I think really deep, deep empathy. Uh, There is no way that we can be in the business of making people feel seen and supported and asking them to pay for that if they don't feel like it's priceless, right? And that to me 
is building a product really stacked on top of being really empathetic in the product and also, you know, the ease of use of that product. So yeah, vulnerability and deep empathy. And just one last thing, which I think is really important, and that is big returns, right? Not just for your investors, if you have investors, but big returns for the people that you're serving. Find, I am maniacal about this. I want to find every single person that can use poppy seed health. I'm not about the like, well, the population size of this and this and this. I'm like, no, no, no. We know who our customer is and we just need to make sure they have access, like every single person. And it's okay to become obsessed with some of these things, right? I think those are the North stars that are so important and big returns for the people that you're supporting are all sorts of data points out there. But uh, for us, it is not just supporting people, but for people to have better health outcomes, to feel like they couldn't have gone anywhere else, to feel like they're getting the best support and care in a brand new care model with Poppy Seed Health. And then on the other side of things, I, you know, I've been saying lately, make me a super wealthy black woman, please. Like, let me tell you what I will do with that money. Right. And it's not just generational wealth and stability. I'm telling you right now that I could have never even believed that I would start my own company. But now that I have, I know that with my big returns and with the investors that are on this journey with us, they will invest in other founders just like me. And I certainly will go out and continue to build things. So I, you know, there's nothing ever bad happens when you make women generationally rich, nothing. You bet. It's why we're all doing what we're doing, trying to help as many women as we can build these businesses, make a lot of money and continue to invest back in other women, because that's how we're going to make this world a even, even better place. So Simone, thank you so, so much for sharing your journey, your story, being vulnerable and sharing everything that you've been through and why you built Poppy Seed Health. I know our listeners are going to be so excited to find you online and on Instagram. Where can everyone find you and follow you? And for our listeners who um, might need your support right now, what's the best way to do so? You can download Poppy Seed Health in both the app store. We were actually just selected as app of the day. So we won't be hard to find and also in Google play. So that makes it fully inclusive for our Android and our iPhone users. We do have a website, which is really beautiful and just more information. So that's just poppyseedhealth.com. And then hit us up on our socials. We're actually really, we're really good on those and in interacting with folks. That's um, our IG is just poppyseedhealth. We're also on Twitter at poppyseedhealth. And I'm on Twitter as well, although I'm new there. I'm just starting to like do things, but I'm at Simone Tate. I think that's it. Amazing. Thank you again for being here. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.